We're here backstage at Warehouse Live in Houston, Texas for the first Hip Hop for Sanders podcast. My name is Matt Sanzala and I'll be your host. We're going to sit back and talk all things Bernie Sanders with another Bernard, Bernard Freeman, one of the most important hip hop artists to ever come out of the South. That's what they say all the time, but to me he's one of the most important MCs ever in the game. Bun B of UGK is here with us tonight. Thanks for having me, man. Happy to be here. Man, thank you for coming out. We also have Fat Tony up-and-coming MC from Houston, Texas, one of the true greats as well. What's going down, Fat Tony? I'm just happy to be here chopping up with you and Bun. And I'm happy to chop it up with you guys, too. I'm really excited right now about this this uh, presidential election. In so many years, the discussion is, who are we going to vote for? The lesser of the two evils. When I look into Bernie Sanders right now, and I see the support that he's getting from artists, like, to me, Killer Mike's one of the most important voices in hip-hop right now, and Killer Mike has come out very vocally in support of Bernie Sanders. And then we have an, an MC on the entire other side of the spectrum, one who has really entranced a whole generation of youth, but not necessarily with politics, more personal politics, but Lil B. We've got this crazy uh, span of people coming out looking for change here in America, and, and it's really exciting to see the hip-hop generation get excited about politics. And if we can do anything to help that, I want to help that. Bun, we've been talking about politics for years. We've talked about Sanders probably for the last couple months, and we've talked about options and things that we're, we want to see in 2016. Are you coming out in support of Sanders? Yeah, I mean, you know, that's part of the reason of me being a part of this podcast is because I haven't really made <clears throat> a definitive announcement as far as who I was going to be backing for president. So this being a part of this um, podcast allows me to officially state that I'm backing Bernie Sanders for president. But... Um, it also gives me an opportunity to let other people know from the hip hop community um, that it's okay to start, you know, voicing your opinion about candidates. I keep hearing from a lot of different people that they're saying like, well, the election's not coming until next year, so it's all good. But, you know, it, it's important to start stating your opinion and choosing a side very early um, because everybody needs numbers now. You know, these people need their supporters to stand up for him now you know what i'm saying i used to think that until the primaries you know it was just a bunch of you know mamma jahambo and rhetoric or whatever you want to call it but as you get older and you become more involved in the political process and get a deeper understanding of civics in america and how these things work you realize that you know the more people here the more people want to know right so i think the more of us that start voicing our opinions earlier, the more other people start getting informed or wanting to be informed. And that's really what this is about, right? It's about awareness, you know? So we want to let people know early on how we rock, you know what I'm saying? But we're not telling people to rock with us, but we're letting them know how we rock. And then we're letting people know, you know, a podcast like this lets people know not only where we stand on opinions, but how we feel about these opinions. You know, it's easy to choose a side, but this gives us an opportunity to actually voice our opinion as to why we choose to support Bernie Sanders for president. And what's important, I think, to explain to young people who might not totally be up on the whole voting process is right now we're trying to get him to win the Democratic nomination. This isn't about him going up against Donald Trump or whoever the Republican nomination will be. Right now we're fighting the good fight within the Democratic Party to get him the, the Democratic nomination basically up against Hillary Clinton. That's March 1st is the Texas primary, but primaries start, I believe, February 1st throughout the country, and they, they go Late in random. January, Late January, Okay. Yeah. And uh, we need to get people engaged now. Absolutely. No, it's important to get people engaged now. And, 
and to get people used to being engaged this early, you know, because a lot of times people don't start worrying about no November until October, you know, so it's important to get people involved and energized and excited about the process as early as possible, especially young people, right? Because those are the people that are going to be doing a lot of the legwork. That's those are the people that we want spreading that message. That's the voter base that we really want to get engaged, right? Because that's not only the future, right? But that's the voice of what's really happening. A lot of people are kind of setting their ways, right? They don't want to rock the boat, so they kind of got to. They're kind of going to just go with the flow, right? It's the young people that stand up and say, "We don't like this. We want to change things," and those are the voices that we want to hear. And a lot of times they wait to see how we feel about things and if it's okay to speak about these things. So as an elder from the hip hop community, <clears throat> from the hip hop community, I'm letting it be known inside the commissioners, the artists, you know, the entertainers, it's okay to speak your mind. Quit worrying about if a company is going to cut you off. Quit worrying about if you're not going to get sneakers in the mail anymore. Quit worrying about all that dumb shit. That, that, that's really got nothing to do with nothing in the world. You live in a nice house. You were buying that stuff anyway. So don't worry about compromising yourself with the corporate world. Worry about compromising yourself and your family's future by not being man enough to, or woman enough to speak up about how you really feel. Exactly. And what makes me so excited is he is speaking up about things that I really do feel. I don't have feelings for these corporations and these billionaires. I don't have a lot of love for this. I feel like there's a lot of things that are so elementary that Sanders is saying, like ending the mass incarceration of African-American people in this country. Who else is really talking about that? And not just African-American people, just, you know, the poor people, right? Like the people that they can't be spoken for for a lot of time, uh, for a long time in America, that has been the African-American male, right? But now we have people, you know, obviously our, our, our Latino uh, immigrants are coming in now. They're trying to get nationalized. They're having problems like that. And they're either getting locked up if they do get nationalized or they're getting deported back home and they got to start the process over. Either way, we're, we're, we're taking a large percentage of people who are trying to be productive citizens in this country and locking them away, right, for ridiculous numbers. Right now, we have so many people locked up for marijuana in states where marijuana is legal now, right? That's insane to me, you know? There's a lot that we have to really start correcting in. And it begins with with the wrongs that have already been committed, right? Start to right those wrongs first and put those kind of plans in action and make sure that we don't basically do this again, you know? We don't need the Rockefeller laws anymore. That's, we're done with that. You know, it's a new time, it's a new day, um, America is more accepting of things and yeah I mean we can look at other countries and see what they've done you know we can look inside our country and see you know the 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 the, the crime rates are decreasing you know there's more tax money available now and and it's just a smart thing to do right and just we need to declassify marijuana and <laughs> And just move forward like other countries, other progressive countries are doing right now. We claim to be progressive, but our laws simply don't reflect that. Tony, did you see the uh, video where Bernie Sanders proclaimed that he wants to legalize marijuana across the United States? I've not seen it. you never seen it. Do you agree with this policy? Yes, I do. I actually made a song recently that breaks down the whole history of the criminalization of weed and I think it's fascinating. I, I did some uh, research when I was making this song and I learned a whole lot that I wasn't aware of and it was a lot deeper than, than, than just some folks thought weed was naughty. You know what I mean? Exactly. There's a lot that went into that. Why don't you give us a few points? Well, I learned that the law first began here in, in uh, Texas. There, It was targeted towards Mexican workers. Then that shifted to black men and just over over the years, it's, it's been like a circle jerk of the same reasoning. 
learned a lot about the FDA. Learned a lot about um, learned a lot of lot about how just social views of it has changed so much. And I and I really saw a lot of the uh, propaganda used more than just you know the fucking reefer madness movie like there's been mad shit out there that's like really been like pushed to be like yo weed is bad and so much of it are just straight fictional you know what i mean it's definitely fictional and i love that uh you have a song about that to really try to bring some of these historical points to view because it is one of the most insane things to me and one of the most insane things in the world we have so many bible thunking politicians right the the part where it says that god gave us the seed bearing plants to use do you know where that is in the bible not at all. That's on the first page of Genesis. Do you know what that is? That's the first book in the Bible. That's the first page of the Bible. But they want to bang the Bible and everything else, but they can't do that on weed. I don't want to keep the, <laughs> make this whole podcast about marijuana, but real talk, I think that's something that definitely hip-hop heads and music heads are excited about. Yeah, I just think that it's silly. You know, I've been arrested for weed. I've been on a probation thing for weed, and it wasn't until that happened that I really felt like drugs and like general kind of used to uh control us you know i think that they really even the side of it that like pushes drugs as a rebellious thing to do to go against the system i think that the quote-unquote system uses that to, to lure us in and i was really surprised when i went through this whole whole thing how many people were there for like the same charge that i had i had a joint that wasn't even smoked that was in my car when i'm driving home from work you know what I mean? And I went to, to jail for it and had a year probation. I think that's very excessive. For sure. Now, Bun, on that note, you've been around a long time. You've been in this rap game since for, since day one, practically. I know you've seen a lot of people fall victim to that. I've, I've, I've fallen victim. You know, you look at my record, you're going to see a, a possession case, you know. And I was very lucky that, um, you know, I was able to pay a fine and kind of walk out of there. But that's just because the judge wasn't in that day. And uh, my lawyer was able to negotiate something with the DA who was sitting on on the bench that day. But I think what happens is, is that, you know, because of the fact that a lot of artists talk about, you know, marijuana and, and cannabis from a recreational standpoint, when they decide to make their views about it known, they're, they're kind of looked at as novelties. Right. Like Snoop Dogg has been a major proponent of recreational marijuana use for years, but you know, it's going to be hard for people to take Snoop Dogg seriously when Snoop Dogg wants to talk <clears throat> legislation and policy, right? They're, you know, they're, they're going to look at him a certain way. But, you know, what we don't talk about in hip-hop culture is how, you know, in the entertainment business in general, there's a lot of anxiety. There's also a lot of depression, you know, and marijuana helps a lot of artists and entertainers deal with that on a medicinal level, right? But a lot of them aren't open about these kind of things. They aren't open about... The, you know, the manic depression, they're not open about the passive aggressive issues that some of them deal with or any of these other things that marijuana helps to, to deal with, you know. So I think we've got to start being more open and honest about our personal lives now so that we can, you know, be more open about things that, you know, basically we have opinions about and haven't really voiced them in a real way. You know, it's easy to say, yeah, I like weed. I mean, yeah, I like the recreational uh, benefits of marijuana, right? But then I also suffer from anxiety when performing, and marijuana helps me cope with going out in front of three to five to sometimes tens of thousands of people and, you know, entertain them. You know, I'm not always in the proper state of mind and ready to embrace going out and dealing with that. You know, I've been doing it for 20 plus years, and it's still something that, you know, 
I still get nervous before shows because I want to entertain people. I want to come across a certain way. And there's anxiety that comes with that. And then, you know, being an artist, the ups and downs of the industry, a lot of us deal with depression, some cases manic depression. Um, you know, we deal with bipolarism. Obviously, if you listen to enough music, you can hear it from certain artists. Um, you know, all these different ailments that marijuana has been medically proven to help people cope and deal with. And in certain cases, even, you know, solve these issues for them. So I got no problem with, with being a proponent at this point, you know. I feel the exact same way. When when I was younger, like like my teen years, I used to smoke more for just, for just fun. But as I've gotten older, I use it to calm my, my nerves. I use it to help me sleep. And that's a really big reason why I made this song and I didn't want, want to make it just, hey, we're just kicking back smoking. Because that's so easy to do. I wanted to show a different side of it. And I think when, when folks hear that, they have a, a greater respect for it, you know? It stopped me from getting in fights and snapping out on people for sure. <laughs> and I've actually, just as a side note, I've actually been to a show in Norway where Bun B didn't have any weed. And you're right. It's true. You do need that before a show. I, I do. I, I'm, I, I'm very good at making it look as though nothing bothers or worries me. But that's because I'm usually in a position where it's available to me and I'm it, it, it's there to put me in that karma mood but no if it's not available for me then the harsh reality of having to go out and be who I am in front of thousands of people can slowly wash over me to the point where maybe I can't even deal with it to a certain extent and yeah marijuana has been one of the things that is that has proven to help me and many others around the world deal with those things well another topic rappers talk a lot about is money Everybody wants to be rich. We're all making money. We're all getting money. But no one in the music business at all is anywhere near some of the billionaires and people that are behind. They pull the strings on a lot of things that happen in this world. No, no. The majority of us in the hip-hop industry um, get our checks cut from other people, you know? That's where our revenue stream comes from. And that's why most, most artists are afraid to be completely honest about how they feel about certain things because depending on what record company you sign to if it's a subsidiary of a larger corporation um you know they you may not be in a position to speak your opinion about these kind of things they may be in conflict with the people that cut your checks you know and so i get that you know at the end of the day that's a decision that you're going to have to come to at some point and decide what what's important to you right and when people are younger and they don't have wives and they don't have children and they don't have those kind of responsibilities and uh you know all the bills are paid and everybody's healthy then yeah you might not be concerned about those things but when you get all that you're responsible for and you have people that you care for and you have people that are getting older and you know they need certain medical they need medical care you know they need to be looked after and then you start looking at the world a little bit differently and your place in it and your responsibility and your duties you know what i'm saying and you know, we we've I mean, I myself have been a victim of in my younger years, like saying, you know, I want to be like a black Trump. You know what I'm saying? But obviously I had no idea who Donald Trump was. I just knew he had a lot of money. And that's what I wanted to be. I wanted to be a black person in the tax bracket as a Donald Trump. You know what I'm saying? But you could be a billionaire and not have to be a monster yeah. like a Donald Trump. I actually, you know, I'm, I'm I don't know if I'm bragging. I, I don't want to say I'm bragging or anything, but I have a friend. He's a billionaire and he's as cool as can be. He's very open about a lot of things and he's very realistic about how the world works. But then again, this is 
a self-made man, right? This is not a person who got a million-dollar loan from his daddy to start his business, right? Who, who could just use his dad's Rolodex to begin his business, right? This was a man who, you know, worked his way from the ground up, like literally, and, and made a billion dollars. I guess the I don't know if there's an easy way to make a billion dollars, but he made a billion dollars probably the hardest way you can, and um, you know, it just goes to, to show that just because you're a person with money and I would imagine with that kind of money comes a certain level of power. It doesn't mean that you use it in an abusive manner. You know what I'm saying? Some people at least are, at the very least, are indifferent about the kind of power they possess, you know, and just kind of, you know, really don't buy into that kind of a notion. But unfortunately, that's the minority of the people in that tax bracket. You know, most of these people, you know, are known to kind of converse together and tr use their powers and their particular resources to try and keep as we always hear the rich rich and the poor poor well one of, <clears throat> one of the things i'm most excited about though is when bernie sanders talks about making public universities free that's i think amazing. that is one of the things that's going to help just humanity in general take it to that next level because i know myself i didn't even finish college and i paid my loans off till i was about 35 right I mean, I paid the minimum amount just because I wanted to be a dick and not pay that money. I wanted it to not really, the 35 bucks a month or whatever I was paying at one point in time, I felt wasn't making that much of an impact. That was just me. But it's a and, trap. I mean, if you look at the, the college loan system right now, it's a trap, right? Because basically it tells you, you know, we'll pay for college. But now what I think the new incentive is if you go and teach for a couple of years, then we'll wipe the slate clean. But that's not really hurting any, I mean, it's not really helping us. It's hurting us because now... It's sending people into our school system to educate our children that never even wanted to be there in the first place, right? And there's nothing worse than going to a job that you didn't want to do in the first place, right? And you're, you're committing for five years to do this job, and the job doesn't pay well enough as it is, right? So why would a person even be excited about having to do a job that they didn't want to do in the first place that doesn't pay well? Right. So it's all this ugly cycle that's constantly perpetuated by that. If people had the freedom to go to any university they wanted to to study anything they wanted to, then we would have a multitude of teachers available to fill these positions in our school systems because the people that want to teach children and want to go into these school systems and turn things around probably can't afford to go to college to get the education and the certification that they need to be an educator, right? So until we change this thing, this cycle will just be uglier and uglier. It constantly gets perpetuated. And that's why we have the issues that we have in the school systems now with the fact that even when schools basically take away everything else about education and simply guide students towards testing, it doesn't work. They're not receptive to it. The numbers don't increase. Then you have principals and teachers consorting and lying to change test scores numbers. It's a vicious, ugly cycle that could just be ended if we look at all the you and I talk about this all the time that's the first thing we noticed when we went to these other countries free medicine uh, free health care free education right those are base principles yeah the tax rates a little bit higher but I mean it kind of balances itself out it's all a, it's all proportional when you look at it and it really only makes sense if a country if a government's is, you know, has a constitution that says it's looking after the well-being of the people, then why is it their first priority health care for their people? <laughs> well, they do like peddling the pills. Well, yeah, but that's not health care, right? You know what I'm saying? Because every pill that I've ever seen advertised gives you other disorders. So yeah. what the what's the point of, of, of solving one issue to have two more? I don't understand that. Did you go to college at all, Fat Tony? 
Man, I did, but I did, did not finish. And the only reason I did not finish college is because of money. My parents ran out. I lost a scholarship. I took on the loans. It became overwhelming. It was difficult for me to maintain a job that could afford just my life plus going to school, too, and I had to drop out. It's the only reason why I'm not in school even now. You know what I mean? And if that could happen, it would make a world of difference because I always thought that education was extremely important, not only to myself, but my family values it highly. My, my mom's taught, my grandma taught, you know, and it's kind of an embarrassing thing for, for me to have not finished. Like, you know, to this day, I'm hoping that I get to a place with my money where I can send myself back to school. Whether I need it or not, it's, it's, it's something that I would take a lot of pride in, you know? Preparing our, our young people for the world and for their future shouldn't be a burden on them or their families. That's the reality of the situation, right? And un having universities free and accessible for everyone gets kids more excited about college. A lot of kids get, you know, to a point where they have the grades, they have everything, the ability and the capability, and they get accepted to colleges knowing full well that they can't afford it, their parents can't afford it, and they get disenfranchised about the whole process, right? What's the point of, of, a, of a beautiful woman saying you can take her out if you don't have a car, you don't have the money to take her out, right? It's just a pipe dream, and that's what college ends up looking like to a lot of these young people, a pipe dream. What's the point of me breaking my neck to get these good grades, to get accepted to a university that my parents can't afford, that I can't get a good enough scholarship to pay for it. I'm just going to end up in community college or something like that. I might as well just go to trade school now. People get disenfranchised about the entire process. If college was free, more people would be excited about going to college. More people would be excited about teaching our young people and our young people would be excited about getting back involved in education. And there's nothing wrong with trade school, man. No, no, I'm saying it because college isn't for everybody, right? But trade school isn't for everybody either. Well, I think about it like this. I, like you said just a few moments ago, we've talked about this a lot when we'd go travel in Europe and in other countries and we'd see the crime rate does not compare. The youth incarceration rate does not compare even slightly in any of the rest of the developed world to the United States. Why is it that so many kids maybe turn to these things, turn to the drugs, turn to the streets? They don't see that future. They don't see that that's even accessible to them. Well, I, mean, I think you just said it. They don't see the options. They don't see the opportunities. It's not that they're not available, but they're not being presented to them, right? And everything around them is telling them that those opportunities are for everybody but them, right? And, and it's, it's hard for young people to look out in this world and see someone as an as a proper example for them right and that's kind of what hip-hop that's what we've been trying to be you know especially as we get older when you're young you don't know any better right most young people are doing things they think they know everything but they don't as you get older and you look back and reflect you have a better understanding of everything that's what hip-hop as a culture is doing now hip-hop is old enough to look back at some of the things it's done in its younger years and be like you know what maybe we had the right intentions but we didn't have we didn't have the right execution now we're smarter we're older we're, we're wiser right we know how to organize better we know how to execute better so now do we do we're trying to bring that kind of reciprocation reciprocation back to the young people like look this is what you get out of hip-hop this is what you're supposed to give back to hip-hop right and part of that give back from hip-hop to hip-hop is knowledge 
right? Knowledge and understanding about how things work, right? And understanding the platform that we have. And if you don't have something to stand for, then that's fine. But if you know in your heart that you care about how the people in the community are being treated, if you know in your heart that you care about the fact that a lot of people that you love are locked up with ridiculous jail terms simply because of the color they are, right? There's a lot of things in this world that simply don't make sense anymore, right? And you try to look away from it. You try to not pay attention to it, but it's staring you in the face now. And now it's happening to the people that you love and, and you can't just sit back and not say something anymore and this is the opportunity and this is the time to speak out so that's what we're trying to do in hip-hop is to educate inform pass that knowledge on and with knowledge comes power <clears throat> with knowledge comes power the power to stand up be heard and make changes and the primary way for young people to stand up be heard and affect change is to vote and we're trying to give people the kind of information they need so they can differentiate who they need to vote for well, that's a great segue to what I was just thinking about because I will fully admit that when I first started hearing, you know, it's it's only recently that I've really, not re- in the last 10 years, I recently started hearing people talk about the difficulties they have in voting and how hard it is for them to vote. And I personally, as a man with a car, with an ID that's always been up to date, you know, some like I've done, you know, I have no criminal record. I've never even thought about voting being difficult for anyone. But then when you hear these stories about some, not, not even just talking about people being physically blocked from going to the polls, but people being blocked in other ways or having no ability, not even being totally informed as to when they're supposed to register or when they're supposed to do this. What I thought was interesting on uh, the list, if you look at uh, the list of issues Bernie Sanders is covering, one of the things he wants to instill is automatic voter registration, which makes a lot of sense to me. Yeah, I think, you know, again, we're talking about a position where people get discouraged by the process, right? Um, when you have a birthday, there's so many other things that get automatically done, right? There's things that the DPS does automatically. There's things that City Hall does automatically. The, the, the government knows how to update, right, and automate, right? So why would they do why wouldn't they do that with voter registration, particularly with people who have already voted, right? Um, it, it the voter registration ID situation that we have in this country is uglier than I think people are aware of, right? some of these old grandfathered laws that exist in some of these small counties around America that make it almost impossible for some people to vote added with some of the new laws that people are actually putting out these bills that they're proposing that people are actually accepting right it's it's exposing a lot of these people and it's exposing a lot of their constituency as well right the reality of how people still think in 2015 and what people still are willing to accept um it's specifically about people that don't look like them in this country is it's just asinine at this point you know and that's why it's important i believe that hip-hop holds the key to unlocking a serious demographic in this country that if they've it got engaged got educated and got involved with the voting process not only every four years in november but on a local level on a state level right Things would change in their community so fast. And once they would be able to see these changes, right, they'd get even more involved and more engaged in the process. So it's just a matter about not just getting people to the polls, but getting people to understand why they need to go to the polls. Because a lot of times we just tell people vote or die. Right. That's not enough. You know what I'm saying? That's just that's that's like your mom saying, don't do as I do, do as I say that 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 only works for so long. Right. We want people to be in an informed position to make their own decisions and people will make the right decisions, given the right information. But given no information, they won't make any decisions at all. Can hip hop, rap music 
can that help in disseminating that information? Absolutely, absolutely. I think young people like Tony, people that care, right? Um, like he says, it's easy for him to make a song about recreational use of marijuana, right? But when you start looking into legislation and how insane it's been and how they've tried to basically label this drug from so early on, right? And we've, we've been here long enough to see that everything they said was wrong, right? But some of these draconian laws still exist and people don't know that. So it's amazing that young people like Tony are in who are in a position to gloss over this and just party or whatever are open and honest about educating and informing their fan base, man. It's, it's really important. Like, I, I want my fans to be even more educated on these things than even I, I am, you know what I mean? And if I can be the spark for that, then I'm in a great uh, position, you know? Like, and I grew up being a huge fan of music, huge fan of uh, entertainment, period. And I've learned so much about the, the whole world of law and politics and the social issues from, from music and from movies and from books. And if it wasn't for, the, for that outlet, and I only knew of it as, say, the news, then I would have been less, less interested in it. So I think that it's important for guys like Bernie to reach out to artists, you know what I mean? Because they have a whole different voice. When like Killer Mike gets up there and he, and he talks to me like me and you would talk, it changes everything. I always say that I feel really lucky that I had Public Enemy and X-Clan and even NWA and the Ghetto Boys in my life coming up because everything they said was relevant to the time and what was going on at that moment. And there were a lot of people listening to those artists that weren't necessarily living straight up in those situations and they, they educated a lot of people about things that a lot of people didn't even think about absolutely and that goes on now you know maybe it doesn't go on on a mainstream level as a public enemy did but there are still kids seeking that like like i'm online constantly on all my social media and i'm constantly seeing kids aged let's say 16 to 23 posting memes that you know reflect on this stuff you know what I mean? And and even though they're like trying to use, you know, comedy and use social media to, you know, present these ideas, there's they're still soaking up that game, you know? For sure. But I wanna ask a question before we get out of here. And it's actually something that's been on my mind for a while. Because I do feel like I know a lot of artists who avoid speaking about politics and avoid that because they don't want to alienate a certain part of their fan base. What I want to know is, have you ever been told by anyone to avoid the politics and to avoid saying certain things in your songs? No, no. Um, UGK as a group and, and me as an individual, um, myself as an individual, we've always talked about things that people say we shouldn't talk about, right? That's kind of been ingrained in, in us from the beginning. <clears throat> and we came into this with no fear, right? That was a very key with, with, with Pimp and I. We came into this with no fear of anyone's opinions about us as people or as artists, right? Um, that's that's just being from Port Arthur, right? We really don't care. really don't give a damn what you think about us, right? I'm going to say what I feel, and that's going to be that. And we know that this has been a very long ride with people, right? It's 20-plus years that people have been following me. And I've tried not to lead them in the wrong direction from inception, even... In my own within my own ignorance right there was an intention to try to steer people the wrong way or if you're going to do something wrong at least do wrong the best way you can i mean again uh you know i i, I justify certain things because of the intentions i had behind them but now I'm like, it's very real right and my intentions are very clear my actions are clear now about what 
you know, I need to tell these people, if you followed me up until this point in my career and you don't feel that I've led you wrong up until this point, then there's no need for you to feel that I'm going to lead you wrong at this point. Right. Because I'm more educated about things that I care about and I'm passionate about and I speak about than I've ever been before. Right. And I know more about things that I've loved and that I care about than I've ever known before. Right. So it's only right that I give this information out there to people and try to steer them in the right direction. Now, again, you can lead a horse to water and you can't make them drink, right? So that's what that's what we're going to be up against. But at the end of the day, when this is all said and done, at least I know that I did my part and tried to lead people into the right direction. And for me to lead people in the right direction as far as this country goes, I think the person to take us in that right direction is Bernie Sanders. But that's again, that's my opinion. If my opinion hasn't led you wrong now so far. It might not lead you wrong from here on. Everyone tuning into this podcast here to go check out everything online that you can. Get up there and read. That's another thing that's incredible for this generation. We didn't have the internet back in those days. We had to really sit down and do the research. Everything is right there for you. You can go to berniesanders.com. You can go to feeltheburn, B-E-R-N.com. There's all kinds of things you can read online. There's YouTube videos. You can see the YouTube itself where he says, I want to legalize marijuana yeah, in we America. We got to send Tony a link for that. Send Tony the link. Make sure you roll up first, and then, then you can smoke. And smoke while you I walk. thought it was I actually. I've been so great. caught up this like whole year, like ever since Ferguson happened. For like a good six to eight months, I was really, really depressed. I had a friend that was in prison for what I felt was was an unlawful arrest, um, and it just kind of like turned me off from just the whole world of of politics you know what i mean from like that that point on i felt like there wasn't enough people speaking out about the injustice of blacks in particular you know what i mean and it just it's it just made me just really cut off from it and some of that's bled over into the bernie campaign so as as much as i know of him it's just strictly surface value but talking with you guys has really inspired me to get back into it and, and, and maybe there is hope and maybe I can't just cry and drink Hennessy and, and write my friend in, in jail every night. You know what I mean? Well, I don't see too many other candidates coming out for police reformation. I don't see too many other candidates who did not support NAFTA, the TPP, the PNTR, and other crazy globalist initiatives and these sort of things that you should be looking up online. It's very easy, people. BernieSanders.com, FeelTheBurn.com. If somebody wants to find Trillo G, Bun B online, where do we go? Uh, catch me on Instagram at Trillo G, on Twitter at Bun B, Trillo G, on Facebook at Bun B of UGK. And I was on Periscope, but I, I, I showed the Canal uh, Koto fight and they kicked me off of Periscope. So I'm trying to figure it oh, out. Wow. I'm trying to figure that out right now. I'm, beg, I'm begging them to let me back on because I think Periscope is is an incredible way of connecting with with people in a very in real time you know if bernie gets elected we're going to call in a favor have him holler at the periscope people for you I, i'd appreciate that but if bernie's going to have a favor for me as president save it for the pardon huh. <laughs> well you can find me fat tony at fat tony rap anywhere online twitter ig facebook fat tony rap r-a-p no s I appreciate y'all sitting down with me here at Warehouse Live in Houston, Texas tonight. We're here with Bun B and Fat Tony for the first hip hop for Bernie or the hip hop for Sanders podcast. We're just we're winging this right now. 
title wise. Find out next time. Huh, next time. My name's Matt Sanzala. If you want to talk Bernie Sanders and you're a part of the hip hop generation, you're a musician, an artist in the industry, holler at me, Matt at pushermania.com and hit me at any time, soundcloud.com slash pushermania or find this podcast on iTunes. We'll be back next week with more great guests and more real talk. <laughs>